Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Paths Uncovered, a podcast where we get to go through all the untraditional pathways that people have taken into technology and kind of make it a little bit of a more even playing field of kind of getting your way into the field, especially if you've had a really cool and like unmitigated um, career trajectory before this. And today's guest, I think, kind of definitely fits the bill right on track with the multiple different careers she's had in the whole like journey that she's taken to get to here. So I've got Selena Small with me. Hi, I'm Selena. Uh, I'm really excited to be here today sharing my journey. Uh, I, yeah, I'm currently, I'm a um, head of delivery at Fresho in Melbourne. Um, and I'm also a professional kickboxer, um, currently holding the uh, Victorian state title for the WMC um, 53.5 kilo uh, bantamweight. Oh my God, that. I didn't even know that part. That is amazing. Congratulations. I love this. <laughs> what a great start. Like, I love it. This is just going to be absolutely perfect. And I think um, just, I think the one that just got released uh, recently enough was Tess Garrett, the episode. And she, so this was where I was telling people, I was like, I was at Women Who Code and I was like, somebody, anybody who wants to share their journey. And I'm sure there's so many people who've had kind of untraditional pathways and so, like Selena was just like, yep, it's me. Hi, hello, let's do this. <laughs> I was like, yes, more people like this, please. Makes my life so much easier. So it was so good to hear from you. And this is going to be such a good conversation, I think. Well, I hope so. <laughs> Absolutely no pressure, no. But I think it will just be great fun to have. So look, let's dive in and take me back to kind of high school times, college. Like what were the decisions? What were the kind of top questions? Where did you think everything was going to go at back, back then? Wow, that's a really good question. Um, taking me back a few years now. Uh, I definitely didn't think I was going to be making it into software engineering. And I certainly didn't think um, didn't think I was going to be a kickboxer either. Neither of those things were on the cards. I actually, um, I was really into graphic design. And I wanted to be an architect. Uh, so I moved away from my family um, after high school uh, in New Zealand um, <clears throat> to be a to study to be an architect at, at uni uh yeah oh. did that for about two years and decided it really wasn't for me <laughs> I've like I've, I feel like I recently had someone else who kind of went through that path of like architecture as well and it's the same story I was like I've got a friend in college who did the exact same thing right I think she did about two years as well and she was like nah this is this isn't it this is not for me <laughs> Yes, yeah, studying architecture and actually designing stuff is really two different things. <laughs> um, so I quickly decided, no, I don't like studying other people's work. I, if I do this, this is, you know, I want to be drawing stuff and, and coming up with my own ideas. So, yeah, so you've dropped, so you decided to like leave, did you leave the degree like two years in? Is that what you said? Yeah, that's right. So what was happening yeah. then? So... Well, you know, my, my family does well, okay, but they don't do well enough to pay for me to go to uni. So the whole time I was at uni, I kind of juggled a lot of jobs in hospitality, working in bars and restaurants and nightclubs. Um, I had, you know, various different roles as a bartender. Um, I was a, I was a, a cook, like a brunch cook um, at a cafe. Um, I think I picked up extra, extra shifts over summer somewhere else, like just in another local bar and, you know, trying to fit it all in with uni as well. Actually, yeah. anyone who studied architecture knows like it's a really full-on um, degree, like really intense. Um, so it can be quite hard to fit anything on top of that um, if you want to do really well at it. Uh, and so I, I did try, tried my hardest, <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I suppose when I left um, my degree, the only kind of thing I had to fall back on was all my hospitality experience and my connections in the bars and things like that. And so <clears throat> I kind of, uh, I kind of thought, well, I don't really know what I want to do. Um, but what I could do is I could work full time and make a whole lot more money and not have a debt. <laughs> and at the same time, what I could do is just go to like a local polytechnic where the, uh, the course isn't as intense as uni. Um, and I ended up spending the next, I think two, two years maybe, uh, working full time at a, at a pretty, pretty good bar restaurant in Wellington. And uh, studying business management and accounting, because I kind of figured that, well, I don't know what I want to do, but business management and accounting sounds like something that I could probably apply to, to anything in the future. Yeah, uh, it sounds, sounds pretty open ended. Oh, I love that. I mean, it's like, oh, it's just become such an assumption, isn't it? It's just like, you go to school, you'll go to college, you'll finish college and you'll have your life. And that's the end of that. And it's interesting when it's like, well, actually, that isn't really how it works. And I mean, it's not for everyone. And like, as in, there was definitely times in college where I was just like, what am I doing? Like, why am I here? What is going on? Like, and I think everyone kind of goes through that. But I mean, I think it's a whole different level of kind of being like, actually, no, this is definitely not for me. And this is a different step I need to take and I think it's just I mean there's a whole different level of courage that takes into account I'm just like no I'm just gonna I'm gonna make my own path here I'm gonna change this around like especially when there's so much kind of things happening everywhere like the dead part I'm like it's important like I mean it has to be taken care of at that time <laughs> yeah definitely and you don't know until you start doing something whether you like it or not oh it's so important you, know, you can't decide like... when you're six yeah yeah like, I mean, I'm like, I picked what I wanted to do when I was 17. I'm sorry. I could barely like figure out what I was going to do like the next day, let alone the rest of my life. Like supposedly, <laughs> like it's bizarre, like the little level of pressure of like, no, 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 you'll make the right decision. And I'm sure it will work itself out. And you're like, will it? Do we know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, yeah, a lot to put on someone who's 16 to spend the next 60 years of your life. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm doing glad something. That that's not the case anymore. At least we can have like different things. They're like, actually, let's just, let's pivot this. Let's make this something else. But like the whole point of like going back to kind of where your experience is, right? It's like, let's make the most of everything I can do at the moment and still make it like going to college on the side. Like that takes dedication and like fair play to yourself. Like working full time on top of that is just so much effort. So You've now got, you're now gotten the business management and accounting stuff in under the belts. You've been working for a good little bit of time. What's happening next? Um, so at this point, uh, <clears throat> this point, I think I've, I've taken on a new role. So I'd worked in it just as a cocktail waitress in the, yep. in this great bar restaurant for a long time. Um, but I've kind of always been ambitious. And so you kind of want to get your way to the top of you know wherever you are yeah and in that particular bar restaurant like there was a lot of experience and there was no opportunity for me to become the general manager there or something um and so I'd ended up moving to a nightclub well not really a nightclub a late night bar like a really drinking bar yeah. and um taking over the position there as general manager so I was running this um this tiny little late night bar probably one of the busiest places on Courtney Place in Wellington. Uh, we were open till six in the morning, five nights a week. Um, 
it was hectic it like there was no dance floor people didn't go there to dance they went there to drink yeah and so we were the place that um after all the other bars were closed their staff came to came to our place (laughs) so we were we were crazy busy we were packed all night um it was insane it was definitely a wild ride like I was in my early 20s. My job was basically get drunk, get these people drunk, party, have a great time. Um, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sounds great. And I think I compared this to Ireland where like, I think the latest bars were allowed open till was two. And I mean, I think there was one bar in the country that opened any later than that. Like, God, that sounds, yeah, sounds hectic, sounds very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I ended up doing that for about four years. So running that place. Um, oh, wow. I don't know. Nobody thought, <laughs> no, yeah, nobody thought I could do it lasted that long, would have lasted that long. Um, and I'm not surprised actually, because it is a very, like it takes the toll. Like it's actually a kind of a whole lifestyle change to work yeah. those hours um, and to deal actually constantly. You only deal with drunk people. And so by the time I finished working there, I honestly, I hated people. I just couldn't stand anyone, didn't want to talk to anyone. Didn't, I just hated people because I'd only been dealing with these drunk, annoying, arrogant, um, you know, yeah. people. I mean, yeah. um, you were just faced so with that one specific thing for so long. You're like, oh my God, get me away from everything, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And there's no life outside of that because you're working those hours. So you have to sleep all day to, to make up for it. And so yeah. when normal people are awake, <laughs> um, you're asleep. So there's no kind of crossover interaction. Um, don't get me wrong. There was some, some lovely, some amazing people, uh, but just the majority were, you know, you come away with this mentality thinking like that's everyone in the world is like that. Got that. Yeah. I mean, and it's not, it's hard Sorry, it's not hard to see, God, words are messing my brain up a little bit here, but it's not hard to see why that's the case, like why that, that mindset was setting in as well, right? Like, it, as you said, like, it's just, this whole lifestyle changed. So like, how was it coming out of that after four years of it? Well, that was probably the turning point in my life, to be honest. Um, I spent four years doing that. And by that stage, I was kind of, kind of thinking, well, what else could I possibly do? You know, I don't have any other skills. Um, yeah, I, I have this, this diploma, but who really cares about that? And I don't have any other kind of experience. Um, and so I did try to try to look around, but I also still just didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just yeah. knew I didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And so luckily the guy that I worked for, the guy that owned the place, um, he had his finger in quite a few pies. And so he had another restaurant opening up and I ended up working there for him. So I was the operations manager for that restaurant, which meant I could work daytime hours. Um, But because it's not like office nine till five, it was a little bit flexible. So I could work like 10 till seven, um, which was you know, that was massive because yeah. you know, coming from like a having set, the hours of like yeah. 10 p.m. till 7 a.m., <laughs> there's no way you can flip that around from nine to five. Uh, so it took it took quite a long time, actually, to be able to even wake up at 10. <laughs> I mean, yeah, God, that's a weird thought, but yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, well, more importantly, it took me a long time to even be able to get to sleep before 2 a.m. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. 
it's a whole it's gen, like a full-out shift in like a whole lifestyle like yeah I mean like I guess I'm saying this like same thing that you've already said but like it really is just wild how big of a change that actually is oh yeah I I think um I think people people were surprised by it but it's really hard to fully understand unless you've done it you yeah know? I think I've seen my mom, like so my mom's a nurse, like I've seen her do night shifts and stuff. And like the whole thing of like, oh, we gotta be quiet during the day because we can't make any noises. And I mean, I mean, it's fine. But like even then, I guess in the first few days are just terrible because like it's trying to get into that, right? So like like if she works a week of night shifts, like the first few days, she'd be up and awake during the day hours anyway. And then is exhausted. And it's just like this weird cycle of trying to get into it. And then by the time she does, it's over. But this was like such a sustained level of it that I'm just, oh my God, I don't know how like I can't understand how hard it would have been to come in that done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was different um, <laughs> certainly you know my fuel was uh you know vodka and fries <laughs> <laughs> it'll get it'll get the job um, done for that day <laughs> yeah it was actually really quite bad um thinking back to it you know my on average, like I was drinking a lot at that time and I know everyone drinks in their early 20s but um this is just insane like I actually had to drink to get through my shift by the end of it and I was probably drinking you know two liters of straight spirits a week on average um so we're impossible just shots 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 um I'd probably two or three in the morning that's when I'd have my dinner break and I'd just go across the road and get some fries um and I actually it, it was pretty bad. Like I actually ended up getting so, um, well, not skinny, well, not really skinny, um, but just so unhealthy that, you know, on the weekend I'd go for a walk 20 minutes down the street and I would have to go home and have a nap because I was so exhausted. Like I just couldn't keep walking. Yeah. Wow. So it was, um, it was a terrible lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Started out fun, ended up not. <laughs> Uh, yeah fair so like now you're at the bar the restaurant you're now at the restaurant where it's back into the daylight living hours how, how, like the change has been tough but we're getting through it so how was the how's that whole experience because now you've kind of stepped up into operations management as well so maybe is the degree coming in handy as well yeah so that's um like I said this is kind of where everything shifted like a hundred percent this is where I had a little bit of like clarity, I could start thinking straight and I could start thinking about what do I want to really want to be doing because I really don't want to work in hospitality forever. Um, at this point, like I've, I, I, um, I quit my, my job as general manager at the nightclub. I broke up with my boyfriend, kicked him out of the apartment. Um, I, you know, like all of these things that have been going on for the last four years that have yeah. become so toxic, I kind of just kicked all these habits. I sort of, I didn't completely stop drinking, but I definitely cut down a lot. Um, and yeah, I went to go work at the operations manager in this restaurant. And so yeah, it was a little bit helpful um, having the degree, I suppose, but I think probably more, more helpful was just the experience that I'd already had as a general manager somewhere else. Um, yeah. And just having been in the restaurants um, and hospitality scene for so long, that was a huge benefit. Um, but this is probably the time where we can start talking about um, two things, which are really exciting. One, this is where uh, I got into day work, so I could start <laughs> kickboxing. Um, and number two, uh, this is where I actually started learning to code. 
Oh, okay. So, right. How do we break? Which one do we want to dive into first? So maybe let's talk about the kickboxing, right? Because we're just coming out of the lifestyle stuff of like, it was really unhealthy and you're kind of not in the right, in the best place you could be. So was that kind of a case of like, this will let me back into a healthier lifestyle? Is that where kickboxing started or how did that kind of all start up? Yeah. So, um, well, kickboxing is a funny, so I, I suppose we don't, <clears throat> going back to high school, mm-hmm. I always played a lot of sports right? I was, um, I was the captain of my football team. I was the captain of the hockey team. Um, I was the swimming champion. You know, I did a lot of sports when I was a kid and coming to uni, it was really full on with the architecture, like I said, and there's not really a lot of time for anything else and I needed to work. So, you know, sports kind of went out the window. Um, But at that time, that's actually when I started looking for other opportunities for, for some kind of sports um sports teams kind of means you need to commit to other people and so I thought I'd go you know do something solo and that's where I first kind of heard about kickboxing and thought oh maybe that would be really cool to do for fitness yeah um but like I said you know one thing led to to another um they just you know over over these last four six years there just wasn't time to fit it in you know I'm either studying and working or I'm working these crazy hours yeah uh and so, yeah, flipping my life around um, after after Minibar, I kind of thought, well, you know what? I wanted to give kickboxing a go. Maybe, maybe I could give it a go now. Um, and so, like I said, I'd, I'd got pretty sick um, towards the end of my, my time at Minibar. And so I wasn't very confident um, to go into the gym and try it out. I thought... Uh, I thought, well, I might make an absolute fool of myself. I might be really unco. Um, And I'm also really unfit. But, you know, if I try to work on one of those things, maybe I won't feel as bad if it doesn't work out. Yeah. Uh, So I was really determined to go and try it out. And I started running. Uh, And I, the first day I went for a run, it was like this one hour run uphill up Mount Victoria. And probably, I don't know, 15 minutes in, I had to stop and start walking. Um, But it was a one-way track, so you had to go one way to get back. You had to finish it. And I thought, well, shit. (laughs) You know, the next day I was like aching. I was in agony and I had to take a day off. Um, And then I thought, well, do you know what? If I can run for an hour nonstop, I think I'll feel fit enough and confident enough to go and walk into that gym. And so it took me about six weeks until I could run every day for one hour nonstop um, before I felt confident enough. And I was like, all right, let's just book in a PT. Let's just go. Let's go try it. See what happens. What's the worst that could happen? At least I'm fit, even if I'm (laughs) unco. I like that. It was just like the little steps and like the little things of like, let me just do this one thing and I'll do this. And then if I do this, I'll do that. I like that like like methodical kind of way of doing it. And I mean, I, I've been to Mount Victoria and I'm like, I do not know how you did this. <laughs> me trying to get back into my own fitness after the lockdowns have been the thing. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> but maybe I should just do like, hey, I'll just run for 30 minutes. And if I can do that, I can get through this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's a good way of doing it. So you've I mean, you've obviously gotten very fit again. Like, I'm genuinely, I'm like thinking back to Mount Victoria. I mean, I drove off that. I didn't even walk off that. And I'm like, okay, wow. <laughs> but talk. So you've gone into the gym and like you're getting into the kickboxing things. And how's that going then? Like, how is kind of diving into this whole? I mean, I guess I'm in like a professional athlete world. I guess. 
Yeah, well, I started uh, I started kickboxing. Um, so I went to a gym called Jai in Wellington, New Zealand, and they um, they're not like a dirty, grungy like fighters gym. They're really focused on like women. Um, they actually have a lot more women than men uh, even there, and they do mainly fitness classes too. So they do have they do have some fighters as well, but they're mainly focused on women who want to get fit. And so that's kind of nice because it means it's not super intimidating. Um, And the other cool thing about it is that they, at the time, I don't know if it's still the case, but at the time they only had Thai trainers. So they were very much into Muay Thai, which is a Thai style of kickboxing. And at the time I had no idea one from the other. Um, I didn't know there were all these variations. Uh, I didn't know a lot of things. (laughs) Um, But what I was actually learning was uh, Muay Thai. so that was kind of cool because yeah it was just a really nice welcoming kind of environment it was sort of social groups as well so there were a lot of people um you know who were kind of not new but they're just more like doing it for fitness and for fun and they'd get together on the weekend and go hang out or go have drinks or go celebrate someone's birthday or whatever and so it was, it was really cool to just be part of this social group and some of those people I'm still friends with now um even though, you know, we're not living in the same city or the same country anymore. Um, and it, it's really cool. Like we've kind of made these lifelong friendships, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I kind of started out just for the fitness. Uh, and I felt like, you know, I went to this PT session um, for the first time because I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel like an idiot in front of the class. Yep. Um, and they were just, they were so nice and they were so friendly and they were so encouraging as well. It just made me want to go back. And um, I think probably three months in, they were like, uh, they started talking about fighting. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I'll just have one fight, see what it's like. You know, yeah. a lot of people do that. Um, and so, yeah, it was probably, probably would have been at least a year before I ended up getting in the ring for the first time. Um, but yeah, it was just so much fun. I just loved it so much. I was literally there six days a week, um, yeah. every, every day for a class. Oh, it's so cool. I love this. I mean, especially kind of starting. It's so interesting. I think these kind of things of just like all it took was just a good supportive community around it to be like, no, this is actually something I want to where I want to be and I want to be doing this. Um because yeah, like, I mean, I, God, these lockdowns really are just killing me a little bit. Like, I mean, I finally got into, I'd gotten into such a good routine right before the original lockdowns happened. I was, I think it was like, so I was in Wellington right before lockdowns happened and stuff. And I was so, I was in such a good place. And then boom, everything shut down all of 2020. I like literally didn't do anything. <laughs> I just couldn't get myself to do it. And then like 2021, I was like, okay, no, I mean, we've got to get back out. That's okay. We're going to do this joined a new gym and they're like the nicest people there and I mean I was getting so fit again and then now we're back in this lockdown <laughs> and I'm like oh, how many times can I just be like let's just start <laughs> I guess we'll do oh, it one it's... more time but I hope we'll be fine but yeah like it just goes such a long way for those kind of things of like I used to hate going to the gym where I'm like oh my god there's so many people here and I, I look like an idiot like it's always that thought and it's like oh yeah the community part really gets me and I'm like it makes such a difference but so okay, this has been happened. This has kind of happened over a year and a half, kind of a time frame, as you've kind of get, gotten towards the fighting bit. And you said at the same time you were kind of starting to learn to code as well. So how is that going? While you're learning how to like literally just fight and kick people, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they did start like within months of each other. I kind of started. Um, but yeah, the the software thing. So 
one of the one of the really good regulars for the early part of the evening at the at the late night bar that I'd been running mini bar um his name is Tom Cully he um he would come in in the early part of the evening so he wasn't one of those you know horrible drunk people that I had to deal with at the end of the night um and we'd quite often you know like have a chat while he's having a drink in the evening or whatever and after a after I stopped working at Minibar, um, or towards the end, I mentioned to him that I was planning to leave, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And he said, well, what interests you? And I said, you know, I'd been looking at various courses online to see if I could get some inspiration, you know, find, try, to, try to figure out, like, is there a course that maybe sounds interesting? Like, what direction do I want to take? And I think the most interesting thing that I could find, which wasn't, still wasn't really that interesting to me, but seemed the most yeah. interesting at the time um was I think a, a course in um web development mm-hmm. web development I think so yeah um <laughs> you can tell like how that. interesting it was it was like uh, something that was happening <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it wasn't that appealing but um yeah. <laughs> anyway uh, I mentioned to him mentioned that to him um and Tom was actually he's you know, he's a, he's a software architect. He's, you know, 20 years in the game, like since he was young. Um, and he's really passionate about mentoring and teaching other people. Um, and so out of this conversation, uh, kind of just one thing led to another. And before I knew it, he was showing me how to write some code. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, soon after that, he actually ended up moving over to Sydney, um, which is, you know, unfortunate, you would think, right? But no. So we stayed in contact um, and he would send me all these like problems to go and research. And I was just so excited to go and research these problems. And I'm talking like, um, go and find out what von Neumann architecture is and explain it to me. Um, go and figure out how to... Uh, how to translate hex into binary and back the other way. Um, you know, go and find out what a linked list is and explain it to me. How do you traverse a binary tree efficiently? Um, all these kind of things. And I had, you know, I'd never, never knew anything about software engineering. I yeah. didn't know, you know, I'm probably like in my mid-20s here. I didn't even know, um, you know, you could open a terminal and essentially talk to your computer. Yep. Um, this yep. was just like, <laughs> holy shit. I didn't know any of this was real. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'd go and research these problems and send him back the answer. Um, and he'd, you know, he'd evaluate them and tell me that, you know, they're good or bad or whatever. Um, and then eventually we started writing some assembly 68K. So we, I built a dice game. In Assembly 68K, he basically told me, you know, go get yourself a Mac, whatever it takes, put it on tick, doesn't matter, just get a Mac, Mac Air, cheap one, who cares, um, it'll be expensive now, but it'll pay off in the long run, and whatever it was, like blind faith, who knows, um, I went off and did it, <laughs> yep. uh, I think that's probably most of my savings at that point, <laughs> gone into this um, computer, uh, and I think I hadn't even owned a computer in like six years. So, you know, it was all brand new, yeah. exciting. 
um, yeah, eventually we built this dice game uh, and then he taught me some C. So we built a chat server in C. Um, at some point he came back to Wellington and we got together again and kind of advanced to Ruby. Yep. So we did a little bit of basic Ruby. Um, and I think it must be, I don't know, maybe a year, a year later or a year and a half later that um, he started, he introduced me to some people um, that he knew and I ended up getting my first, first job part-time contracting as a junior software engineer. I love this. And I, I love how, and this is where like mentoring and actual like sponsorship of people comes in. So it's so important. And I think, I mean, like it was a little bit of his time on the side, but like he basically taught you like what a uni degree could would t- teach in a sense of, right? Like you were properly learning and it's so much better when you're just kind of doing it for yourself and you're just like, yep, I'm interested. I'll just go figure this out. Then being like, here's an assignment, go do it. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it has its own merits where it's needed, but like I never definitely didn't find that I learned a lot more, well, barely anything when I was like, okay, I just have to finish this piece of paper to get a mark, to get a piece of paper at the end of it um but yeah that is so good to hear and so like and this is literally just lining itself up now isn't it like you know this took about a year and a half the kickboxing was taking about a year and a half to get to the same level of like getting your first job and at the same time going in properly fine this is so cool to hear yeah so it sounds like it's all going well right yep um it's really exciting we're like a year and a half in I'm like yes got my first junior software yes I'm about to fight um and I think those two things the next two things probably happened in like a week of each other so I had my first um had my first unpadded like amateur fight um and uh it was growing really really great right I was I was doing really well like I was definitely up on points um third round comes around uh we fell down and I dislocated my shoulder so yeah fight was over (laughs) lost it's all the talk oh god (laughs) yeah um it was pretty bad it was a really really bad dislocation um we kind of both fell down on the mat at the same time and landed on my elbow and my shoulder popped out backwards uh so yeah that was definitely yeah I couldn't couldn't do any training for six months yeah like I was in a shoulder immobilizer for two weeks um couldn't do anything it's devastating especially when it's been such a big part of your life for such a long time to kind of just be like no nothing nothing at all for now <laughs> yeah and I don't know I was so angry I was like I was in a lot of pain um from the injury um and I was just so angry you know I, I put so much effort in and I got fit and everything and didn't matter what I tried um I'd try you know like I would try to go for a run it hurts too much I would try to hit the bag it hurts too much um you know obviously can't spar or anything yeah (laughs) with that kind of injury so yeah it was it was pretty rough and then Um, you're at the same time having to do your first role while injured or am I mixing oh yeah you'd think so right you'd you'd think so right um but my first role was a a contract role and it's kind of like part-time so I was there just a couple of days a week okay um while I was still had my job at the restaurant as well for the rest of the time um and the it was a startup so you know they didn't have huge amounts of like funding and time and stuff it was literally just me and the CTO mm-hmm. um and they 
probably about the same time they decided, yeah, we, we don't have the capacity for you. So boom, back to the restaurant um, and I'm crippled. <laughs> All it took was just that one week. That's so, it's so annoying to hear, isn't it? Where it's just like, are you kidding me? There is so much going right and then this. Yeah, it definitely, um, definitely took a bit of a blow <laughs> at that stage. Um, and I guess a lot of people would give up at that point, right? me not going to the gym because it was kind of not there and so I just stopped completely like I get it I 100% would not have gone back but um well yeah but I really didn't want to I really didn't want to just have a whole life in hospitality Um, yeah it just was not for me and so the only choice really is that I keep going right if I you know if I give up there then what have I got yeah um so I just kept going and like I said I'd been doing operations in this restaurant and we'd been working on a um no we'd been working with a this online reservation system and it was just giving me a hard time and I was like you know what I could do something so much better um I'm gonna go build a online reservation system so I think I kind of just like I was like, okay, I can't train. I'll just throw myself into software um, and I'll get a better job. I'll go, you know, I'll go build something myself, whatever it takes. Um, And so I had this project, uh, this idea for an online reservation system. Um, And that's when I started, uh, started using Ruby on Rails. So Rails was really easy to kind of get started with. Um, But obviously I'm still pretty naive to how software works in general and um, Tom actually ended up introducing me to another friend of his um, who was really interested in software and had a lot of side projects on the go and he was you know he was into doing stuff and so we got together and he helped me Um, you know I told him what my plan was for this uh, this reservation system and we just you know spend a couple of hours every other weekend talking about things he showed me all these gems and libraries um, he went you know what you've done there that that's a bit shit don't do it like that do it like this yeah. instead and so then I'd go spend weeks trying to like figure it out um, and yeah I was like you know what this reservation system is going to be amazing and I probably spent a few months working on it and it was actually really good you know having a project um, that I'm interested in, that I've come up with, that I'm kind of semi-passionate about, um, it drove me to actually learn more and eventually get to the point where I was like, well, it's all well and good, but what I really need to do is get some real life, real world experience and then come back to this later. Yeah. Um, so I really need to get a job. Um, and this, this, this guy who'd been helping me out, he was quite good because he... Um, he worked for a big company and he was quite high up um, as a manager in that company. And so he kind of gave me a lot of tips with my CV, which was great because he said, you know, like, I look at CVs all the time. What you need to do is your CV needs to stand out from everyone else's. And uh, he gave me some tips how to do that, you know, tell, you know, tell people how do you rate your skills tell people um, what projects you've been working on, you know, give them something that they want to talk to you about. 
and so by that stage, you know, I had a blog, um, I had my reservation system, and yeah. I probably had something else. I, don't know what. <laughs> I mean, you're definitely working on a bunch of things at the same time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just trying to just trying really hard to upskill. And they said the other thing as well, you know, you don't have a degree, right? But you know what would be really useful right now is if you were AWS certified because everyone's in the cloud now. And so I was like, okay, yeah. Um, why don't I go and do that then? That, that sounds straightforward. You know, that's yeah. way easier than, than studying for a, um, you know, going to uni or anything like that. I'll go yep. study and be AWS certified. Uh, so I put all that on my CV, you know, that I'm, I'm planning to do this and I have these projects and everything else. Um, and I think at that point I would have sent my CV out to 131 companies in Melbourne, uh, in Wellington. Um, pleading and begging and being well not begging but you know pleading my case being like well look I'm I'm a junior software engineer I really really want to do this I'm super passionate Um, please give me a chance talk to me and actually the response actually wasn't too bad I did end up having quite a few interviews um, quite a few second interviews even Uh, didn't quite make it past second interview but I did uh, I did get a you know a lot of conversations going on which is kind of cool yeah especially kind of coming up from like the whole I think it's so hard trying to make sure that people who are so stuck in the whole you get a degree and you get a job and uni will have taught you everything which is so not true and they just get so caught up in that they just don't consider the other ends of it and it's just so hard to be like please just listen though just hold on a second yeah absolutely um so yeah people were really interested by my story and they were really you know keen to chat and see what I'm all about um but when push came to shove it was just like yeah we just don't have the capacity you're just you're too junior yeah um and so that's you know that can be kind of hard because everyone at some point is too junior how do you get from being too junior to junior you know yeah just junior enough (laughs) (laughs) yep but yeah, I did, I did, I think, um, I think I did actually, sorry, I did get offered one job. Yeah. Uh, I turned it down because the, it was fully remote. Um, it didn't sound like, it sounded like I'd just be on my own the whole time. Yeah. Um, and it sounded like it would be terrible. So yeah, the, the one job that I got offered, I turned down. But I mean, I um, that is important isn't it though in terms of like especially when you know at the level of like you want and need the support to start and like you're going to want to be around people to kind of get it going and stuff and it's, it can be just so hard or like oh my god this could be it like if I just do this it'll be enough to get to the next one but it can be just so detrimental at times being in that position to like oh yeah no fair play good on you for turning that one down <laughs> yeah 100 percent um I definitely yeah I definitely think it's important to consider like what offer it is that's coming your way. Like, is it going to really help you get to where you want to be? Because I have heard loads of horror stories about, you know, people who did come straight out of uni, had no idea what they were doing, got hired by some big company and they were kind of, you know, pushed off to the side or down in the basement or whatever um, on their own on some system. And they just had a terrible time. And I think there are a lot of people who would have been great software engineers who ended up just, pursuing something else yeah um because they had such a terrible time 
So definitely, definitely wanted to find something where um, they had the capacity, you know, to to help me as well. Yeah. Uh, it's a two-way street. <laughs> You're doing enough for them that the least we can have is just like, you can support me in being a better developer. I think we can manage that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's beneficial for them as well, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's how it goes. Um, but yeah, so by this point... What have I done? I've applied to all these companies, uh, had a few interviews. Pretty, sorry, I did actually get one other job offer around the same time. So the other job offer I got, this is where it all gets exciting again because I'm like, <laughs> everything's going to work out. Um, so the other job offer that I got was a, it wasn't a reservation system. It was an online ordering system. So it was like, it was like a hospitality related online ordering system. And obviously I had a lot of experience in hospitality. So I was like, yeah, cool. Went and talked to them um, and they, they wanted to offer me something that was like, you do a little bit of customer service, like hospitality kind of thing. And then you do a little bit of development. And then over time we gradually, you know, cut out the customer service and you end up being a full-time developer. And I'm sitting there thinking like, this is fucking great. Yeah. Why would I not take this? This is amazing. Um, and I went through the whole interview process with them and everything. It was great. And it went, you know, right up to the Friday. And they said, um, yeah, we'll, we'll send you a, I remember being at a week, at being a weekend. They said, we'll send you, we'll send you the offer in, in writing. Because it, apparently it's really important to ask for the offer in writing before you actually quit your previous job. Um, <laughs> anyone who's watching, make sure you get the offer in writing. <laughs> um, so they said, yeah, we'll send you an offer. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is exciting. This is, this is awesome. This is great. Um, and by that stage, uh, I'd also studied, I'd been studying really hard for this AWS certificate to be a certified de developer. Um, and you know, the, the AWS certifications, like one reason, you know, a lot of people look at these online certifications and they go, well, yeah, they're a bit of a joke. They're a bit of a waste of time. Um, but, you know, one reason that this one was kind of a big deal was because it's a proctored exam. So you go into a testing center, it's not, you know, in the comfort of your own home. There's no way you can cheat. Yeah. Um, you using the testing facilities machines. Um, and so, yeah, I've studied for that. And had that lined up as well like all booked in ready to go and I'm thinking yeah this is great you know I've got this job offer coming I've lined up my certification um and here we are this must be six months after my previous you know injury and in fighting yeah I've been the only way to rehabilitate from injuries really is to go to machines and, and get into the weights gym so I've been lifting a lot of weight um finally got back into kickboxing um and lined up another fight as well um this was a local fight in wellington so i'm like yeah okay this month everything's on got everything lined up good to go this is my break you know um i'm conscious we're an hour in and you think we're at the end of the story but we're not no not at all and i'm just like i'm like oh my god this is another like a turn coming here and i'm like prepping myself for this <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think the first blow uh, <laughs> I think the first blow was the the job offer didn't come through. Came to yep. Monday and I was like, this is really weird. Um, and my boss at the restaurant 
like I'd worked for this guy for seven years um, and he really supported me in everything. And he was really, really keen for me, you know, didn't want me to leave, but he was really keen for me to go and um, go and pursue my career. And so he came in on the Monday and I was pretty upset. He goes, what's wrong? And I said, well, these guys said they'd give me a job offer and on, by Friday and it's Monday and that still hasn't happened. Mm. Um, and we both knew someone who worked at that company. So uh, he called the guy at the company, actually. He said, what the hell's going on? Um, and the guy said, well, you know, it's not my decision, um, but they decided, yeah, that they're not going to make the offer. Um, and we're like, why? Uh, and we couldn't really get any good answers. Um, yeah. They didn't actually come back to me and say, yeah, we're not going to give you the offer now. Um, or maybe they did. And that's why I was upset. I think maybe they did come back to me and say, yeah, look, we've changed our mind. Um, yeah, we couldn't figure it, like we couldn't figure out why. Um, but obviously you could kind of imagine that someone said, yeah, you've got a job. And then they've turned around and said, yeah, no, actually, you don't. Um, yeah, I was absolutely devastated. devastated. Yeah. Oh, God, that's so good um, to hear. Applied, you know, applied to 30, 131 companies. Um, I had so many interviews. I turned down this other job. Um, and, yeah, it just blew up in my face. And I was like, well, that's really shit. Um, <clears throat> Thankfully, you know, I still had a lot of friends and support and my mentor around me at the time as well. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, probably I went out and got really drunk um, for like two days and cried and stuff and everything else. Um, and at the end of it all kind of, I suppose, snapped out of it like you do after a few days. You're like, okay, well, that's it. Yeah. Um, and one good thing is that I had these, these two other things lined up. So I had this fight and this um, certification lined up. So I go, okay, cool. At least I've got something else to be looking forward to and working on. So I think next was the fight. Um, and it was my first, you know, first fight back after six months, after a really bad injury. Uh, and I didn't dislocate my shoulder again. <laughs> oh the stress of that I was like oh no what's the next injury <laughs> um but yeah I just I lost on points um yeah. and yeah again it's like it's not a huge deal like it's just an amateur fight like who really gives a crap yeah. um but you know at the time it's just taken up so much of my life and it's so much so much of me and this is meant to be my comeback um yeah lost the fight so yeah that was that was pretty sucky um but you know the positive of that is that I didn't have an injury uh and so now let's just focus for the next two weeks we're getting the certificate and it's going to change everything um <clears throat> yeah so I, <laughs> so I uh so that fight that I lost, it was a split decision. So that means that one of the judges just scored her one point above me. So it was literally one point that I lost by. Um, so then, yeah, this, this exam two weeks later, I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. I've done all these practice exams. I used a cloud guru. I, you know, I've been studying this for months. Um, I'm good to go. 
So I go in there and I think 70% maybe is the pass rate, something like that. And they tell you straight away at the end if you pass or fail. I think I got 69%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I feel the things. Like I remember the first, um, I think it was a Microsoft site that I saw for. It's exactly the same. I think I lost it by like, they do like point system or something that you have to hit 700. I was on like 695. And I was like, how? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> oh God, that is, yeah. That's so grim. Like, it's just so irritating. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, wow. That's just, that's unbelievable. <laughs> that's my month of just everything falls apart, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's another big blow. And that's like, you know, that's six months after the first big blow. So I don't know how you meant to come back from that either. You know, you kind of, shit. Yeah. Um, now what? Like I, I've really given this my all like twice. Um, I suppose maybe, I don't know if you're listening to this, but you might be thinking like, maybe you're doing too much. Maybe you should just focus on one thing at a time. Um, but it's not like that. It really isn't. Um, yeah. You kind of have to kind of have to balance things up and have lots of things going on. Not lots, but, you know, maybe at least two. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wasn't like, you know, killing myself on these two things and doing them half-assed. Like it just sometimes sometimes you get lucky sometimes you don't um I mean ultimately I don't think luck has anything to do with it but yeah uh but yeah so so that was that um <laughs> yeah so after all that that was really really de devastating and I remember it being um that must have been what year are we now 2021 that must have been 2016 or 17 um and I remember it being right at the start of the year. So it was like January, February kind of time. Um, and obviously I kind of just went back to whatever. I just went back to training, working on my side projects um, and working at the restaurant. And so, yeah, we're probably a couple of years in now where my day basically looks like, you know, 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. in the restaurant, 6 till 8 training at the gym and then 8 till 2 a.m working on projects um basically every day I think uh and I went back to studying for the AWS certificate because I was like you know like it's really really a bit of a blow here but now I kind of know what what I'm in for so let me just try again you know some of these people that I talked to had kind of emphasized the fact that you know you have a much better shot of your CV sticking out if you know something about AWS. Like that's instantly transferable skills. That's things that companies need now. Yeah. And so I went back to, to studying that. And that year in May, I I went and sat the exam again and, and I passed. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember the score. I just remember that I passed. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, that's all that matters really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly um so obviously that was like a huge relief I was like holy shit I was so proud of myself um I think I, I walked out of the testing center I straight away called Tom and I was like hey I've I passed and he's like what are you talking about and I'm like the AWS <laughs> exam I passed <laughs> we went out and we celebrated and, and yeah it was great um and I think also probably within you know a couple of hours I was so excited I jumped online went to all my profiles you know seek and LinkedIn and 
um, Indeed and everything and updated it to be like, yes, AWS certified. Boom, motherfuckers. Yep. Got it. <laughs> um, so excited. Uh, and you know what? It was, was really like the icing on the cake. I got an email the next morning um, and just out of nowhere, you know, this guy from a company in Auckland said, hey, saw your CV, uh, saw your job profile on LinkedIn. Um, do you want to come and interview with us? And I'm like, what? Is this a joke? Like, I didn't apply to anywhere outside of Wellington. Um, my, you know, my thing isn't that good. You're asking me to come and apply with you, like interview with you? Like, holy shit. And I was like, well, I, I guess, you know, <laughs> there's a really like slim to none chance of me getting this job. So why don't, yeah, fuck it, yeah. let's go. Um, so he goes, yeah, okay. Um, he paid for the flights, sent me all the flight details, um, paid for the taxis and everything. And I'm thinking like, who does this guy think I am? <laughs> you know? Um, I'm just like, okay, all right. So I go up there and sends a taxi to the airport, picks me up and everything. Um, and we have a coffee and you know the coffee goes well he doesn't really ask me anything technical um he just you know tell me about you tell me about your background and everything obviously I'm like yeah I'm, I'm really junior like I'm, I'm super fresh and everything it's like yeah okay and this is a Friday and so then the that company um it's Hemisphere Interactive in Auckland um they kind of go for lunch every Friday at the pub a couple of beers and stuff small company um so we they invite me out to lunch with them I'm like okay cool so yeah we have lunch and, and I chat with the developers and it's kind of cool and everything and then you know developers go back to work after lunch and it's just me and the boss and he goes all right so let's cut to the chase you know what's it going to take for you to come and join us come and work with us and I'm just in the back of my mind I'm just like what the fuck is going on like, is this a dream <laughs> And so I tell him a number and I'm thinking that's way more than, you know, that's way more than he's going to pay me. Um, and he tells me a number and I go, and I stick to my original number. And in the end, he, um, in the end he goes, yep. Okay. We'll pay you what you want. Um, and I'm like, okay. And I shake his hand and everything. And, and he puts me in a taxi and sends me back to the airport. And I'm just, this whole time, I'm like, this is not real. Like, it's so <laughs> surreal, you know? Yeah. Um, and by the time I get home, I have the offer in writing. At which it's stage, not I'm like the like, last time. I loved it. I'm just like, holy shit. Um, and he even offers to pay for the relocation for me to move um, to Auckland to go work with them. And I'm just like, what the? Um, and I talked to my friend, Tom, my mentor, he's actually a really good friend. Like we're still very good friends. Um, I talked to him and I go, I should have asked for more money. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and I guess, you know, he's always said to me, whatever you, you know, always ask for 20% more than what you think you're worth. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't believe them. I was just like, nah, there's, there's no way anyone would give me a job if I asked for, for that much. 
Um, and yeah, I was just like, yeah, I should have asked for more. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously I'm just like, holy shit, this is amazing. So all it took was, I, I'm guessing like I updated my link, my whatever profile and it just maybe came to the top of the feed to be like new changes or new updates or something. Um, but yeah, this um, this guy, Glenn, who owns Hemisphere Interactive New Zealand, he's um, he's an interesting guy. Like he's really just, he had a bad experience um, when he first started working in software. And he kind of has this mentality of like, I hate the thought of other people having that bad experience as well. And so I kind of want to give somebody an opportunity um, and but give them a good experience too you know where they can kind of have have a good time and learn and everything yeah um him and his his wife are like really lovely people they're they're you know they're involved in a lot of charities and um giving back so they were great to work with um but yeah so flew up to Auckland <clears throat> well you know sent my stuff and then sent myself <laughs> up to Auckland <laughs> yep um, and that was kind of good timing for me actually as well because the, the gym I'd been training at in Wellington Jai, they'd um, they'd just opened up a branch in Auckland. It's um, meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I ended up finding an apartment right across the road um, from the gym. And it was probably, you know, like a 10 minute drive from work. So it was really very convenient um and I think by that stage I got matched um got matched up for another fight in Wellington on one of Wellington's bigger shows and I fought this girl um from the South Island Caitlin Tucker and it was a it was a battle like it was an epic fight um again that this is another show they flew me down they pay for everything you know and I'm just like well superstar life we dream of like I love this <laughs> um Caitlin Tuck is actually currently the the New Zealand champion um so she's kind of a big name over there um but yeah this this was definitely this was early on for both of us um and it was a bit of a clinch war so I don't know if you know anything about Muay Thai but there's an aspect of of clinching and um it's very technical uh, and in the end, I took out the win, unanimous win. Um, no, no disputes on that. Uh, and that was awesome. Like that was a, a great feeling. You know, <laughs> I was like, holy shit! I'm finally, this is me. Like I'm ticking all the boxes here. You know, I, I got my certificate. I got my job. I got my win. I got everything. Um, so yeah, it's super exciting. <laughs> I love how it's from like everything is lining up to be ready and going to like okay no it's actually working and everything is happening and this is it <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing um it's definitely surprising how when you look back everything kind of lines up at the same time and then everything falls down at the same time or everything works out at the same time you know yeah um and, and I've noticed that since I've been in IT as well um you know, since I got my job, definitely, um, yeah, I mean, after that, obviously, I came over to Melbourne, and, and things have changed since then. Um, this year, actually, uh, is when I was promoted to head of delivery um, at Fresho, 
And this year is also the year, um, a few months beforehand, that I took out the Victorian state title. So everything kind of always seems to be lining up at the same time, which is, this is, which is why I think, I don't know, my journey is so interesting because it, it all comes together and then it all falls apart. <laughs> and it all comes together and then it all falls apart. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, that, that was it. That was kind of how I got from high school to actually working in software. Oh, and I think it's, I mean, I just, it's been such a great chat. I think, I mean, I've probably like not said much at all because I was just like, this is, it was riveting and you're like building it up and you're like, well, this is happening. I'm like, oh no, is this going to be like the time it works out? Is this not? Like, it was just so good to hear it. And I think I'm like, it's good. I mean, I'm glad that you talked about it because it's so great to hear kind of the other aspects of it, right? And it's like, we're so used to kind of hearing, yep, we did it. We got it. We got there in the end without hearing the downfalls in the middle. So it's really, really good that you shared that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I hope that um, I hope that some of the listeners are, you know, they can be reassured that no one has an easy ride. Nobody, nobody just walks through the park and just goes, la-di-da, picks up some daisies and, hey, I'm a software engineer. Um, I think everyone definitely has downfalls. And it's just how you respond to those downfalls. You know, are you going to give up because you took the wrong path, you know, you got a little bit sidetracked or are you going to just try again? Um, that's really what it comes back to. And the other thing too is the support network, I think is, is hugely important um, to have the right people around you. Uh, like when I was working at Minibar, um, I was basically surrounded 24 seven with toxic people, like just, you know, drunk people, high people, um, yeah some of the people I work with were lovely but don't, don't get me wrong but most of the people around me were just you know toxic and just horrible to be with and as soon as I stopped doing that um like I said I, I didn't really want to interact with anyone um but I did find in the end some really good mentors and some really good friends um and they supported me non-stop the whole way and and to you know to the point that Initially, I was kind of embarrassed or afraid to say what I really want to be doing. Um, but, you know, in, in the end, like my later days in Wellington, I would go to parties and go and tell everyone I want to be a software engineer. And I'd find myself like in the corner with this guy bailed up against the wall telling him why I want to be a software engineer because <laughs> he's the only other software engineer at this party. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's, it's that talking in that having the confidence to talk about what you want to do. That's where opportunities can be created. Um, Cause none of the, you know, I didn't get lucky. I, yeah. I created opportunities for myself by talking to people about what I want to do and having a little bit of faith sometimes as well. Um, Cause you know, you might think I got lucky, but definitely. No, not by, at all. And I think, I mean, I was going to say this where it's like, on paper, if you just looked at kind of the progression of like, this happened, this happened, this happened, right? And it's like, oh, you fell into it because you did. You got this person call. I'm like, no, again, this is why I like talking about like journeys like this, where it's like, you get to see the years of effort to line things up to a level of like, and I did the cert and literally there, everything worked itself out because you lined up everything to get to that place. And that's not luck. That's just effort and like making you, yourself go through constant like checks and testing and all these kind of different parts of it yeah well equally I'm just not a big fan of saying you know I got lucky yeah I, I did not get lucky <laughs> um, 
there might have been a little bit of luck but it was a lot of opportunity creation yeah and I mean that is the way to go and I think communities make such a difference and which is also why I'm very excited so Selena's joined us at Women in Code in Melbourne so I'm very excited for all the things that we can create and everything that's going to come up in the next couple of months but thank you so much for spending your afternoon chatting to me and telling me all about everything that's happened it's so good to hear it <laughs> well thank you it's been really good talking oh I'm sorry so I feel like a weight off my chest <laughs> I like it. I'm sure. I mean, like, look, there's no way someone listening to it doesn't have something to take away from this conversation, whatever else it might be. So I'm very glad that we had this. Um, I will leave you go with your day. And I'm sure in the next whatever many time left, at some stage, there will be a path continued here and we'll hear more about exactly what you've been up to, because there's going to be so much more to come yet. Like, we know that. Whether that's the Australian title, like, I mean, that would be fun to hear about. <laughs> It would be fun to hear about. Exactly. Uh, well, <clears throat> but look, we'll never say never. Um, there are some things in the pipeline. We'll see what goes. Oh, I love that. I like hearing that. And that's a great way to wrap this up. Look, we'll leave it there for today. And we'll be back again in two weeks time with another episode. Um, in the meantime, take care of yourselves. And thank you for listening.